Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. All right, so today is Pentecost, and we celebrate the Holy Spirit. And celebrating the Spirit can be a bit awkward for a lot of Episcopalians. Uh, We are sometimes counted among God's frozen chosen. Um, And and I got to tell you, one of the best compliments that I get on a pretty regular basis as the rector of Holy Communion is this. That's not like a lot of other Episcopal churches. Right? Uh, and, and so maybe some of this doesn't exactly apply, but some Episcopalians are really happy with the staid, kingly images of God the Father on high. Uh, there are a lot of Episcopalians that really like to debate intellectually the historical Jesus. But we don't need any out-of-control, holy-rolling, speaking-in-tongues experiences, thank you very much. Pentecost hymns, I always love looking out at Episcopal churches when we roll out every time I hear the Spirit. Prove me wrong at the end of this service. But it always takes Episcopalians a couple of verses to really like feel that Spirit. And so there's a little bit of a, are we really doing this? You've probably heard someone say to you, I'm spiritual but not religious, right? A friend in seminary once wondered if Episcopalians weren't sort of the opposite. We like to be religious, but not spiritual. (laughs) And I'm kidding around, of course, but there's a bit of truth in those jokes, isn't there? Even at a church with a nickname like Holy Commotion, we have to remind ourselves it's okay to laugh in the sermon. It's okay to applaud. It's okay to dance. Julie helps a lot with that one. (laughs) And so we may be among the Christians who aren't exactly sure what to do with the Spirit. We'll put an image of a dove in stained glass, sure. And tongues of flame look really nice in silk on an altar frontal, especially if you only have to look at them one Sunday a year, right? But tell us that the Spirit of God is loose in the world. That at any moment we might encounter the wild wind of God's presence. And I'm not sure what page in the prayer book we're supposed to turn to for that. But this Pentecost, I want to suggest to you that we could learn to trust the Spirit a little bit more, even at holy commotion. A few weeks ago on NPR, there was an interview with the actor Rain Wilson. Maybe some of you heard the interview. He's the guy that played Dwight on the American office. You have to be specific about that in the Episcopal Church, the American (laughs) office. And he talked about one of his acting teachers. He was a young man, he was new to acting, and he came to his acting teacher and he said something like, you know, I'm feeling cynical. I'm feeling pessimistic. The world's a pile of crap and it's getting worse. If you can say it on NPR, you can say it from a pulpit, right? And Wilson said that his teacher grabbed his arm like a vice and he looked me in the eyes and he said, stop it. 
Don't do it. Don't be cynical. Everything wants you to be cynical. Everything out there in the world wants you to be pessimistic. If you're cynical, they win. You have to keep hope alive. You have to keep hope alive. Friends, we come to Pentecost in cynical times, deeply cynical times. It's too easy to become scoffers. Scoffers like those nameless characters in that first reading from Acts uh, who jeer at Jesus' followers and say, ah, those folks are just drunk. It's easy to become dismissive. We live in a culture that is addicted to pessimism. And I suspect deep down there is hurt at play. All of us have been disappointed by a parent, by a teacher, a pastor, an institution. We've all been let down. And when you've been let down, there's a temptation to avoid getting your hopes up. I want to suggest to you that this protective instinct, it doesn't serve us as well as we think. When we fail to trust, because our trust has been let down, that failure to trust in the long run, I believe it costs us more than whatever disappointments that may come because we choose to trust. When we fail to hope because we have known what it is to have our hopes dashed, that lack of hope, it costs us more in the long run than if time and again we have to have our hopes disappointed. I understand the hurt, trust me, I do. I've been let down, I've had my trust violated, it hurts but you don't have to let life's hurts make you smaller. You don't. Hope, faith, trust, love, they are gifts of the Spirit, too precious to let go, simply because humans and human institutions have failed us. I once read a theologian who was talking about Easter morning, and he said something like, perhaps the disciples were simply having a mass hallucination. That's what you get when you have a theologian trying to speak scientifically, mass hallucinations, right? But maybe the disciples thought they saw the risen Christ, but it was all just in their minds. And I venture this theologian probably thought something similar to the story of Jesus' baptism. Jesus' baptism is the first place in the New Testament where we hear about the Holy Spirit. As Jesus comes up out of the waters in Matthew's Gospel, the Spirit descends like a dove. And the crowd hears a voice from heaven say, This is my beloved child, in whom I am well pleased. And the cynical side of our culture would dismiss the Spirit's presence, try and explain it away. The cynical side of us would ask if Mary accidentally mixed the wrong kind of mushrooms into the disciples' eggs that morning. We live in days where our cynicism sometimes plays out like that, like scientifically. We hypothesize and psychologize our way out of mystery. But what does that cost us? And before I go further, I, I want to say a word about hearing voices and mental health. Now, from the earliest texts we have about the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us it is important that we practice discernment. You can distinguish the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, as a voice, it doesn't ask you to do anything harmful to yourself or to others. 
The Holy Spirit is not a foreign and invading voice, but a voice from deep within. The Spirit's call is to be more fully yourself, more loving, more just, the voice of the Spirit, after all, it's the voice of the one who called us into being. So if you're discerning the voices, the Spirit is the one that calls you to love, to be more fully who you are. In just a few moments, we're going to baptize a child, an eight-year-old. And last week, this kiddo decided that she wanted to be baptized, and so her parents made some calls, and we organized fasts. And as we watch and witness this baptism, what if instead of wondering how much longer this service is going to take by paging through all those pages in the bulletin, what if instead of moving immediately into philosophical conversations with ourselves about the role of rites of initiation in various cultures, what if we as a congregation decided to wait and to watch and to hold open room for the Holy Spirit? Before I came here, I worked at a church in Washington, and we had this beautiful historic dome, an architecturally significant dome. It was in the center of the nave. And the church, when I got there, had just restored the dome to its original eggshell blue. And they'd done so by studying the paint scrapings from the early American period to find exactly the right color. And they were very proud of this blue dome. But Luis, our rector, he used to say he'd wish they'd done something else entirely. If he'd had infinite budget, he said, he would have asked them to make the dome retractable. Can you imagine? He would have paid Hollywood special effects teams to create a holographic dove that could come down. And that way, at each baptism, the whole congregation could hear the words of the Spirit as they had a vision of the Spirit, and they would hear, this is my child, my beloved. In her, I am well pleased. Luis said he was convinced that God says those words every time someone is baptized. We're just not always awake enough to hear them. So what if we waited here in a moment to hear those same words that Jesus heard? What if we imagine together that we might see the heavens open, that we might hear the voice say, this is my beloved child? Could we suspend our natural cynicism enough to allow for this place to grow thin? Could we collectively choose the vision over the cynicism that comes so naturally? Thomas Merton once wrote that our belief in the Holy Spirit tells us that God is closer to us than we are to our own breath. God is closer to us than we are to our own breath. And then St. Paul says something similar. Paul tells us that there are times that we need to pray, but we don't have the words. But he says that's okay, because in those moments, the Spirit is praying within us with sighs too deep for words. What if we learn to quiet down all our doubts, all our scientific worries? What if we learn to trust that God is closer to reality than we can understand? Could God's wild spirit help us to tame our cynical minds? What if we believed just for a moment that that crowd on Pentecost morning really saw something, really heard something 
Maybe there were tongues of fire. Maybe the people did hear the good news in their own native languages. Maybe, just maybe, we can let go for a moment of our practiced doubts, make room for the Holy Spirit to surprise us. It would mean letting God be a little bit more wild, a little bit less predictable. Maybe we can listen for our sons and daughters and children to prophesy. Maybe we'll make time to hear about the visions of the young. And maybe in a church like this one, we can afford to welcome the old folks who dream dreams. And maybe we'll have enough courage to listen without letting our doubts get in the way. Could we Episcopalians become just, just a little bit more Pentecostal? Could we trust that God's Spirit is still with us? And not just with us, but with those of every race and language and people and nation. Happy Pentecost. Amen. Amen.